welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor David answers the question, has God appeared to anyone in the last 2,000 years? Let's listen. Okay, today I want us to begin thinking about how things progress. You know, things tend to lead from one thing to the next to the next. So for an opening illustration, I want to tell you about a time recently when I was going for a jog. And I went to the trails along Sally's YMCA. I don't know if you've explored those yet, but they're beautiful trails. There's miles and miles. And, and I was out there just enjoying nature and, and really kind of getting locked in and, and building up a sweat. And then all of a sudden, something caught my eye along the trail, so much so that I had to stop. And now that's pretty unusual, because if I'm running, I don't want to stop. Right? I don't want to keep the heartbeat up, want to keep going. But with this, I thought, oh, I need to take a closer look. Um, here's what I saw. I saw just one log with one bite out of it. Now, if you know anything about me, you know that I love wildlife. And so I was thinking, there's probably a beaver somewhere. There's a beaver around these parts. And that got me really excited to go for a run along these trails. So I continued running, but this time with my eyes kind of peeled, looking all around for further signs or evidence of beavers. And sure enough, I crossed probably a couple more turns, and then I saw this. <laughs> Definitely evidence of a beaver, right? Not only was this whole tree kind of gnawed into a stump, but you can see in the background there were other trees lying around also which were kind of eaten up. So I thought to myself, okay, there's obviously beavers around. The evidence is mounting, right? Things are progressing in that direction, even though I had not yet seen one. I continued to run, keeping my eyes peeled. But then I went a mile without seeing anything. And then I went another mile without seeing anything. And I got to the point where it was the turnaround point. It's a little peninsula that jets out into a lake. And I thought, if I'm going to see one, here's going to be the spot. So I'm running, I'm looking to my right and my left, scanning the water, and I don't see a thing. But then I got to the end of the peninsula, and here's what I saw. A beaver den. Oh, very interesting. Now, this entire time, I never saw a beaver. But what I did see was mounting evidence of its existence. So I want you to keep that in your minds today as you think of how things tend to progress from one bite out of one tree to a whole tree knocked down to a whole beaver's nest. How do things tend to build on themselves? Okay, so you've got this idea of progress in your minds, and I want to remind you now that we're in the midst of our summer series, and it's called a summer of questions, where you as the congregation turned in questions about God and about faith. And Pastor Dane and I, we don't have all the answers, but we are willing and able to kind of explore these with you. So here's the question turned in that we're going to talk about today. Why did God appear to so many people in the Old Testament, but not to anyone in the last 2,000 years? That's an interesting question, isn't it? Because it talks about the way that God chose to reveal God's self to the world. That what we're really talking about here is God's revelation. Now that word revelation, your minds might automatically go to the last book in the Bible, but the definition actually of revelation is something revealed 
by God to humans. It's an understanding that what can be understood about God is limited to what God has chosen to reveal to us as God's creation. So we only know anything about God because God has chosen to share it with us. And God did not reveal everything all at once. Can you imagine how overwhelming that would be? If in one instant, all of a sudden God said, here's everything you'd ever need to know about me. That would be very overwhelming, but God didn't do that. God chose instead what's called progressive revelation, where what God has shared has come in slow and methodical stages over the course of history. So what I want to do is I want to explore these stages of revelation today before we get to our question, because I think that will lay the groundwork of what we're trying to understand here. So here's my first question that I'd like you to think about. What is the first way that God revealed God's self to the world? What's the very, to the earliest humans, the earliest civilizations, how did they know that there was a God? Well, I believe stage one in God's revelation is creation. And it's just so perfect that the stage is all about creation today. This gets you thinking about what God has made. But I took this from a psalm. Psalm 19 says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. So creation speaks, but without words. How is that possible? How can you hear something about creation speaking if creation speaks without saying anything, if there's nothing audible? Well, what the psalmist is saying is simply by you walking outside and looking at the world around you, that's like creation saying, I have a creator. Something made me. There is a presence of God. So the world around us is the first way that God chose to reveal God's self to humanity. So think about all the people who lived before there was ever a Bible before anyone wrote down stories about God. How did people come to know God? It was by looking up at the night sky and marveling at the immensity of creation. Or it was about standing next to a waterfall and feeling the power and saying, I didn't make that. I'm not responsible for that. Something else is. Nature, creation, the world itself points to the existence of a creator. And you know, that's still true today. I had an experience just a couple weeks ago where I looked outside and I was just reminded of God's presence. I took a picture, it wasn't anything special. It was just the way that the sun was kind of hitting the trees and it made me stop what I was doing. And I realized in that moment, wow, this world that we live in, 
This world that God has made is incredible. It is a gift to us. And moments like this encourage us to stop what we're doing and just say thank you. Say thank you, God, that you have created this world that I get to live in. Yes, creation points us to the Creator. Now, we studied the Psalms from the Old Testament, but here's how Paul puts it in the New Testament. Paul says, For since the creation of the world, so since the very beginning, God's invisible qualities, these things we can never see, which is his eternal power and his divine nature, they have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. That's a pretty profound thing to say. Because what Paul is saying is, you can't see God. God is invisible, and we know that. We can't see God, but we can see what God has made. And by looking at what has, God has made, we are pointed to God as the creator. Everything on earth, and everyone on earth, from the suburbs of Charlotte to the tribes in the Amazon, all have the opportunity to see God through the world that God has made. So that's why creation is the first, and I really think the most universal revelation of God. There's a slight problem, though. What can we know about God specifically when we look at creation? We can know a little bit, right? Uh, we can know that God is very creative, uh, that God's a God of design and order, but what else can you know specifically about God by looking at the world around you? There's not a whole lot, right? More is needed. And that's why God didn't stop at creation itself when sharing with himself about the world. God continued. And we pick up that continuing progressive revelation in the time of Moses. So in the time of Moses, there are now a group of people who believe there is a God, and they are seeking to follow that God. And Moses pulls them all together and says God is continuing to speak. And here's what God has to say. I believe stage two of Revelation was the Ten Commandments. When Moses summoned all Israel and said, Hear, Israel, the decrees and laws I declare in your hearing today. Learn them. And be sure to follow them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. It was not with our ancestors that the Lord made this covenant, but with us, with all of us who are alive here today. The Lord spoke to you face to face out of the fire on the mountain. And right after Moses said these words, he gave the people the Ten Commandments and said, these are the rules that God wants us to shape our lives around. These are the commandments God has given to us to say this, this is how to live. It was a giant step forward in the people beginning to understand who God truly is. And did you notice that Moses said this revelation was not given to earlier generations? He says, Abraham didn't have these commandments. Isaac didn't have them. Jacob didn't have them. But it's this generation and for future generations that we're now going to know this aspect about God. 
I kind of read through this, and, and I wondered this week, well, why? Why didn't God give the Ten, ten Commandments earlier? Why didn't God give Abraham, for instance, the Ten Commandments? And the conclusion I've come to, what I think, is that God gives to each generation exactly what they need in order to have faith and walk faithfully with God. That's going to be different from generation to generation, but I've got confidence that no matter what generation we're talking about, God is giving them what they need to walk faithfully with God. Now, we've got creation around us. We've been given the Ten Commandments. Have we been given everything we need to know God intimately? No, not yet, right? Uh, We still need a way to apply the principles that God has given us to our specific situations. And that's why we have stage three. Stage three, I believe, was the prophets. And one of the prophets, Isaiah says, Hear me, you heavens. Listen, earth, for the Lord has spoken. Isn't that interesting? Where Isaiah is just a person like us, but he's saying, hear me, because God is speaking through me. During this time period, God began taking individuals and saying, I'm going to give you a message, and I want you to give that message then to the community of faith. I want you to deliver this message. Now, they already had the Ten Commandments, right? They already had the rules of God to follow, but that wasn't enough because they needed people in every generation to say, and here's how we apply them. This specific situation, this challenge that you're facing, here's how we need to apply and live by these today. And I believe that God is still lifting up prophets and speaking in this way today because we still have issues and challenges that we face that we need to know, okay, how do I apply the words of God to how I live right now in my current context? And God, I believe, raises people up to lead and speak through these challenging times. Okay, let's look at what we have known of God's revelation so far. God has given us the world around us. God has given us the Ten Commandments, and God has given prophets for each generation. Do we have enough? Do we have enough to truly understand God? Not yet. Not yet, because God looked at this situation and said more is needed. A more full revelation is coming so that my people can truly come to know me. And I believe the last stage is this. Stage four is the incarnation the coming of Jesus. And John tells us the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I know you've heard this verse before, probably many, many times, but I hope you see this verse today as if you're reading it for the first time because there's such power in these words, in this understanding that God chose to become human. God chose to take on flesh, God chose to make God's dwelling among us. It is really a marvel of a concept to think that God created the whole earth and then became a part of that creation. But that's exactly what God chose to do. Up until this point, 
It had been like God had been speaking from afar. And now God says, I'm going to speak face to face. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be like you. Here's how Paul puts it in Colossians. He says, the Son, meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. We've already talked about how God is invisible. We can't see God, but we get a glimpse of God through the world, through the creation God has made, but it's not a full glimpse, is it? But the Son, Jesus, is the image of Jesus, or of God. Meaning, if you are wondering, what is God like? Or what would God do in this particular situation that I'm facing? Look to the Gospels. Study what Jesus did. Because how Jesus lived on earth is how God would act today. So, I believe that Jesus is the pinnacle of God's self-revelation to the world. Do you see this progressive revelation that we have in Scripture? From creation to commandments, to prophets, to Christ. And I've not even gotten to the Spirit. I figured we covered that a couple of weeks ago. And so if you missed it, you can go look on the archives. But God also speaks and reveals himself today through the Spirit of God in us. But what I believe is that every generation is given these glimpses of God, saying, this is who I am, and this is what you need to know to follow me. Now let's go back to our original question, because I bet you can answer this question now based on the study we just did. The original question is, why did God appear to so many people in the Old Testament, but not to anyone in the last 2,000 years? Well, I think we could probably answer that in two ways, couldn't we? One way would be to say we now have the full revelation of God. In the coming of Jesus, and the giving of the Spirit, we, in the particular generation we live in today, have everything we need to know the character of God. How many generations came before us that could not say that? But we can say that. And so one reason that we don't see some of the same things we saw in the Bible is because of that. We now have this fulfillment, this completion. But I think the second way you could answer that is to push back on the assertion that God doesn't speak today. I believe God does, which is why a couple weeks ago we talked about hearing God. How do we hear God today? God continues to speak. But the difference is that we don't write down all the stories of God and collect them in the Bible. The Bible, we believe, has been closed now. The canon is closed. Nothing more needs to be added to it. Why? because it gives us all we need to know for a relationship with God. Nothing we would add to it would expand on that. We have what we need. And yet, that doesn't mean that God is silent. That doesn't mean that God has stopped speaking. No, God continues to move. God continues to act in miraculous ways, but we're not recording them in the same way we once did. Now, there was a part B to this question that the person asked. And, and I think, as I read this, that you probably can answer this as well. The part B was, think about all who lived before biblical times, all those who have never heard the word. Why is life after death just for those lucky enough to have been exposed 
to Christian teachings. All right, so think for a second. How would you answer that? Well, I think the answer would be that God meets every generation at their unique place and time in history. And so for those people who never knew Jesus, because they lived maybe before Jesus ever walked these earth, God reached them through the prophets. And, and to those who never knew the prophets, God reached through the Ten Commandments. And for those who never knew the Ten Commandments, like Abraham and Isaac, God reached through creation itself. Yes, God has had a plan in place for every generation on earth. So yeah, we are so lucky that we live in a time where we've now recorded all of this. We have exposure to all of the Christian teachings. But we can also have confidence that God gives to each generation exactly what they need, exactly when they need it. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.